0: The Ohio Harness Horseman's Association presents Top of the Stretch, a podcast that looks at harness racing in the Buckeye State.
1: Started out as a caretaker, moved on to be a race secretary. From there, 35 years with the Breeders' Crown and the Hamiltonian Society. And this July, inducted into Arnis Racing's Living Hall of Fame. From Springfield, Ohio, welcome to Top of the Stretch, Tom Charters.
0: Hey, Roger, how are you?
1: You know, we go back a long way, you being been from Springfield and I being from a little south of you, down in Xenia. Of course, you have to go through Yellow Springs to get there, but you have an interesting life story that took Many turns, but the turns were always in the right direction for Tom Charters. You were not born into a harness racing family, were you? No,
0: but uh, my my uncles were farmers, and I used to spend the summers on the farm, and we'd go to uh, old Hilliard's, that even predates Scioto Downs. I can remember going there the fairs around, uh, like the Madison County Fair in London. And so, uh, and there was always a fascination with harness racing in that we uh, and kind of intertwined with the Hackett family in uh, central Ohio.
1: Caretaker for the Hacketts there in London, Ohio. And I worked for both
0: Dick and then I, had uh, took care of some horses for Hutton Bower uh, one summer. Uh, Dick's brother Jim, who's
1: an immortal of the Hall of Fame. Made your way to Lexington and such, and eventually uh, got introduced and got a job with Delvin Miller.
0: That's right. I went down, a friend of mine was going to the University of Kentucky, John Eads, and he had worked for Delvin for a, a summer and so forth. Uh, he invited me down to Lexington for the Futurity, so I hitchhiked down uh, and stayed that weekend with him, saw my first Kentucky Futurity. Dean had a roommate uh, that summer, or that that school year, uh, Dean Hoffman. So I, I made uh, uh, a couple lifelong contacts and fell in love with Lexington, came back, wrote a letter to Delvin. Delvin answered me within the week, offered me a job to meet him in Atlantic City, and uh, as we like to joke, that was the last job application I've made in my life.
1: Actually, uh, at one point, uh, you became a trainer and had a one-horse stable that grew to maybe three or four but uh, a hernia operation kind of changed everything for you yeah that I
0: should say that one horse uh, the first delvin didn't have a lot of horses on the road so I got the was lucky enough to get trained those horses and one was first one was Spitfire Hanover who won the onkers futurity and the next year I took care of Delmonica Hanover, which is a pretty good one-horse stable, Uh, and I was going to go out on my own, get a couple homebreds from Delvin and some other people around uh, the meadows there. I had to have surgery, and I called Delvin and told him I couldn't get those horses to give them to somebody else uh, in the... I think it was three days later. He called me up and said they're looking for somebody to work in the race secretary's office at the uh, be the assistant at the Meadows. I took a job. That's my life, kind of. That was different. in
1: 1976. Uh, the assistant's job. You became the race secretary at the Meadows for a few years, and then all of a way, uh, big trip to Macau.
0: Well, I got a call. I was. In my 30s, and got a call from a good friend of mine, Gary Buxton, another Ohio boy, uh, who said they were looking for a race secretary in Macau. And I was young and single, and thought if I didn't try it, I'd always wonder about what it would have happened. So I I spent
1: 18 months there. Was racing in Macau different from racing? In the States? Well, it was different in the
0: if you opened the entry box on Tuesday morning and there didn't fill, you couldn't get any other horses to come. We were kind of self contained there. They had rules that were pretty much adapted from uh, Australian rules. Uh, the mixed colony of officials and horsemen, both from North America and Australia and New Zealand. In fact, we even had an Italian uh, trainer. Uh, so it was self-contained, but it was, you know, racing's racing, and it, it's we had all the advantages and, and I guess, uh, challenges. Beautiful facility uh, that Japan had built there, and uh, we even got a little adventure. We did a world driving championship, which uh, uh, I stayed on for. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, it. Every rule had to be translated in, into Portuguese and Chinese, which <laughs> were the government and the practical language. But And that presented some interesting problems. Uh, you know, there's no Chinese word for lapped on. <laughs> uh, break, I discovered. But also, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of things were different. You had to kind of meet a challenge. I once approved a claim on a... The guy didn't have a check. He had a Gold American Express card, and I approved it.
1: <laughs> um, we then make the switch from... Being a race secretary to the Breeders' Crown and the Hamiltonian Society. And at that point in your life, uh, I'm probably, uh, I'm guessing that uh, you thought you'd reached the ultimate. Well,
0: uh, yeah, I I was, you know, I think at the time I was, what, 35, 36, still kind of working my way along. missed seeing great horses and good horses raised. Missed a lot of my colleagues. Came back after 18 months. I had I had worked on a year's contract and then extended for the World Driving Ch- Championship. But uh, and here I got a, uh, a call from uh, again Delvin Miller, and he he said, uh, "Did you get my Christmas card?" And I said, "No." He said, "Well, there's a." I wanted to tell you about a program they're starting, Hamiltonian Society, uh, the, uh, starting the Breeders' Crown, year in championship. I think it'd be good for you to uh, apply for it. Uh, I think it's perfect for you. I had come back and had a few interviews with uh, the USTA, uh, Free State Raceway, Louisville Downs. And so I was. I was needed to work, and again, uh, Delvin uh, stepped in and and recommended me.
1: Got the job, and that was 35 years ago. Then, uh, time to retire. My goodness, who are they going to find to replace Tom Charters, who's been there for 35 years? Uh,
0: that's stuff that epitaphs are made on. It took John Campbell to replace you, so that's that's pretty high recommendation, but uh, you're going for the number one driver in the world to uh, well, John's talents just aren't in racing. He's, uh, anybody that's worked with him knows how remarkable he is. Uh, he's uh Gradually, I became president and CEO of the, of the Hamiltonian Society and taken responsibility for its 130 stakes or more, and so John stepped into that. John didn't have a background in an office, so he's been really generous to me, kind of keeping me on. I go in a few hours a week. And he picks my brain for things. It's Slim pickings, but he's been, he and Moira Fanning have been terrific as far as.
1: You're, in a way, you're not totally retired, but the lifestyle has changed, but you're still uh, kind of heavily involved in racing. Well,
0: uh, I'm still a, I'm a director of the Hamiltonian Society, I'm a director of the Little Brown Jug Society. Um, I try to go as many races, especially big events, as I can. Uh, My wife longs for a vacation that doesn't involve a racetrack. Is that possible? We've done a couple of them, uh, but uh, I always try to... I've got a lot of friends in the industry uh, and throughout the world in the industry that I like to stay in contact with, so...
1: It's, it's been a great transition. and uh, What are going to be the emotions on July the 5th for Tom Charters when you're officially inducted into the Hall of Fame? Well,
0: we're assuming there won't be a recount on the election. <laughs> I, I'm lucky enough to know the vast majority of the Hall of Famers, especially those ones that went in before 1980. They were childhood heroes uh, there is uh, a mentor once said to me that those guys are giants uh as well some of the ladies now that are be honored so I'm still trying to get my arms around it and don't quite i don't see them as peers uh I don't know. I'll, Goshen is literally my favorite place in the world. I can remember going there as a groom. I can remember the first time I walked through the museum uh, in the Hall of Fame. and So it's the emotions, uh,
1: I'll let you know July 6th, what they are. And just imagine 10, 15 years down the road, somebody is going to say, I'm so proud to go into the Hall of Fame with the likes of Tom Charters.
0: Well, that's very kind. I, there's a lot of, again, giants that were there before me and will come after me, and and I I hope they want to speak of me with the same equanimity that, um, you know, I, I look at it as. For every, every young guy or gal that goes to the county fair or gets, is lucky enough to get into a stable area and falls in love with this great sport, I think I'm very typical of that. And I've been lucky that, you know, since I was 16 years old, I knew what I wanted to do with my life. And not many people have that privilege.
1: Tom Charters. Today's guest on this edition of Top of the Stretch.
0: Thank you for listening to Top of the Stretch. Top of the Stretch podcasts are a presentation of the Ohio Harness Horseman's Association.